Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It was the news that led to surprise this morning. Joe Biden in Kiev. A visit to Ukraine that America was not notified of, but the Russians were. A de-escalatory move? Translation, look, uh, Biden's going to be there. Don't be sending bombs. It gets really ugly if you send bombs. Maybe the bigger question is, what's the purpose of a visit like this? What do we get out of it? What does Ukraine get out of it? Well, Ukraine's going to get another $500 million in aid. Add that to the billions of dollars they've already received. And of course, the question of what does all this get us? When it's all said and done, what does all of this get us? Where is the United States when this is all said and done? How is it better off? What has it accomplished? These are legitimate questions, not anti-Ukraine questions, not even anti-Biden questions, but rather a question of if you're going to spend billions of dollars and put billions of dollars into something, what is it that you get out of it? I'm right now watching a video of Joe Biden with Vladimir Zelensky, and you you would think that at the end of this video, with the level of polish that is on it, he's going to sell you a timeshare. He's they're coming up. By the way, it's not the beast. Like I was taking a look at at the the vehicles coming up as uh, Zelensky and, and his wife uh, come out to meet everybody. I see a couple of, of course, our standard uh, uh, Chevys. But he showed up in, in Toyota Land Cruisers. Love the Land Cruiser. Just thought it was odd. How you view this visit is solely and exclusively based on your politics. CNN, of course, an unprecedented move. Biden makes a surprise visit to Kiev. From the Washington Times, Biden trip uh, to Ukraine ripped by GOP lawmakers. Incredibly insulting, quote unquote. And, of course, they have an argument to be made. Breathtaking that President Biden can show up in Ukraine to ensure their border is secure, but can't do the same for America. As I stated, Biden making a surprise visit to Ukraine, some people are going to ask why Biden can't make a surprise visit to East Palestine, Ohio. And there's an interesting part two story going on now in East Palestine regarding FEMA, who rejected the claims out of East Palestine where you had the the train uh, derailment and the chemical spill and the burning and the toxic smoke, but yet we're told from the EPA that everything's fine, unless, of course, you have a gas stove, in which case all of your children are going to die. But the air in Ukraine, uh, not Ukraine, in East Palestine, is totally fine. If this train derailment had happened in Ukraine, one wonders how much aid they would have gotten. How you view this is absolutely based on your politics. And you take a look at some of the response. This is an actual conversation on CNN. Here now to discuss CNN presidential historian Doug Brinkley, retired Army. Oh, I don't need to hear that you have him on there. Ask the question already, Jim Shudo. Years, but those were U.S. wars. This is a Ukrainian war 
no U.S. military presence on the ground. How significant? It's extremely significant. The United States has wedded more to the Ukraine than ever before. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I go back to history and think of Roosevelt and Churchill when FDR had to sneak off in the dead of night, even had a body double at one point to first meet Winston Churchill off the coast of Newfoundland. And then, of course, mm -hmm. you had all those World War II meetings between Churchill. Uh, it's worth, I mean, mentioning Churchill, because Zelensky has been called the Churchill of our generation and Biden going there today, I think it's going to be a, a, a moment for the history books. It's like when John F. Kennedy went to Berlin uh, in 1961 and gave a speech at the height of the Cold War. Ukraine is the new Berlin. It's the rally mm. point yeah. for NATO and the, the Western allies. And, and uh, I think Biden uh, did something really heroic. You might want to just slow your roll just a touch, sir. That's Doug Brinkley, who's a presidential historian. He's like John F. Kennedy, Berlin, 1961. Um, we're we're going to say no, and we're going to leave it at that. Zelensky is like Churchill. I've heard that a million times. No. Uh, uh, we're going to, I'll just leave it like that. I'll get into it later. But the desperation here to show Biden is young and virile and on top of it and unafraid, man, that's the that's the goal. But you listen to Republicans, so it takes two years for Joe Biden for Joe Biden to visit the war zone he created at the southern border, but then he goes to see another war zone he created in Ukraine. That's from Representative Greg Murphy of North Carolina. You see, I think that's a bad comment. That's a bad comment because he didn't create the situation. That's not, you could say anything you want about Biden. He didn't create the situation. The question before us is, what is he doing now? And this is a conversation about the money. And this is a conversation about what is it that our goal is? What is success regarding funding the Ukrainians? But, but Biden was, I mean, if you want to know whether or not Biden is committed to sending more money and more money and more money, let there be no question. Mr. President, I'm delighted to be able to repay your visit to our country. In Washington, not long ago, you told us, you told the Congress, quote, we have no fear, nor should anyone in the world have it, end of quote. You and all Ukrainians... Mr. President, remind the world every single day what the meaning of the word courage is. From all sectors of your economy, all walks through all life, it's astounding. Astounding. Remind us that freedom is priceless. It's worth fighting for for as long as it takes. And that's how long we're going to be with you, Mr. President, for as long as it takes. We'll do it. Thank you. In case you were wondering how long we're going to be doing this, the President of the United States just committed you to as long as it takes. What he hasn't done is explain what that means. As long as it takes to do what? 
I can't say it enough. I'll probably end up hitting it a couple times today. It, it, it's just, it's crazy. And this, see, so we, we understand that people are going to take this trip as, as a good or as a bad based on their politics. The left is going to absolutely embrace it. It shows that he's a, a, a real leader. It shows that he's unafraid. It shows that he's young and he's, and he, and he, and he's got the, the, the strength and he's got the juice. And of course he can handle another four years. And, and look at his commitment to freedom uh, around the globe, creating allies as opposed to Trump, who was destroying our allies, which of course wasn't the, the, the case. The political right is going to say, um, this was a stunt. It was a political stunt. You've got the southern border. You've got East Palestine. You have real issues at home. And here is Joe Biden positioning us for never-ending war and never-ending dollars with absolutely no return in sight. And some people were reminded of Joe Biden in a a statement that he made back in, oh, what was this? This was 2022 when this started. When it started and Joe Biden was saying that we're going to show our support and we're going to give our our dollars, and at one moment he says, we're going to make sure the Ukrainians can pay their pensions. Needing humanitarian assistance as well as food, water, medicine, shelter, and other aid to Ukrainians displaced by Russia's war, and provide aid for those seeking refuge in other countries from Ukraine. It's also going to help schools and hospitals open. It's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people so they have something, something in their pocket. It's also going to provide critical resources to address food shortages around the globe. I have to worry about a Ukrainian's pension? I'm not interested in that. And I, so that was from April of 2022, I believe it was. I missed that. And I am extremely bothered that I missed it. I try, guys, I study all the time. I'm, I still can miss things. So it leads people to wondering, you know, exactly how much money are we talking about here? Where the hell does all this end? And that's where the political right is on it. I, I say to you um, that these kinds of trips are, of course, political trips. Of course they are. And I have no doubt that this is political, and he's the president, and he can do that, and that's that. So I'm not going to get myself overly worked up by it, about it by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just, I'm just not. But whom does this help and whom does this move? Did he gain a voter out of it? I would argue no. I don't think there are any voters to gain out of this maneuver. Um, did he solidify opportunities within NATO, uh, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, those European nations, to show them how serious he, that he is in supporting them regarding Russia? Um, I would argue that it can't hurt. It absolutely can't hurt uh, the, the showing up, or at least I haven't been shown where it can hurt. But on the home front, the idea that this summer I'll be like, man... Joe Biden really is a wartime president, really ready to take on the Russian threat. Man, he is str- he's a strong leader. No no one. No one who isn't already in his camp. 
does it did it did it bring anybody across? And I'm not talking about somebody who might be hardened to the political right. I'm talking about somebody who might consider themselves in the middle. No, they might be like, hey, it doesn't bother me that he went, but that's as far as it goes. Now, this is the kind of, of rational conversation you will not get anywhere else because nobody else will discuss. Like, look, th- there are reasons presidents do this, and there are advantages. It was go- it's going to give his base something to talk about in a world where he doesn't have much to talk about. All I know is I had a million people on the political left tell me after the State of the Union, man, such a good State of the Union, best State of the Union. You know what no one talked about? The bump. Take a moment. Take a moment to ask yourself, wait a second, did anybody bring up the bump? You remember what the, you know what the bump is? So the bump is when you have something like the State of the Union, you get a bump in your polls. I want to know where people were talking about the bump. I pay attention. I do this all day, just like you. Where were people talking about the bump? No one's talking about the bump. No one's talking about the State of the Union today. No one feels energized. You know why? Because over two weeks ago, a train overturned in East Palestine, and and the Biden administration with their Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, did nothing. Every time they have an opportunity for growth, they just punch themselves in the face because they're not adults. Every time they want to scream, look at the jobs created. You take a look at the consumer price index, you take a look at the producer price index, you're like, oh, dang, this isn't good. Every time they want to cheer something, something else comes up. Like, for example, all those classified documents. And what exactly are we going to learn from the raid that took place, and it was indeed a raid, at the University of Delaware, where his Senate documents that he donated to um, the, the university, some of those were taken. Any classified documents in there? How about the reporting that's out there? I believe it's from Breitbart. Uh, university of Delaware... China money. Since China, or since the University of Delaware got the Biden uh, documents, after the opening of the Biden Institute, China has donated approximately $7 million, give or take $7 million, to the University of Delaware when they had never given a penny before. Come on! Come on! These are bad, bad things. Uh, wait, uh, allow, allow me, just so you understand where I'm at. Uh, Joe Biden's guilty. Now the question is of what? <laughs> Somewhere within all of this, that's a guilty man in my view. But innocent until proven guilty, and of course you're going to have to work to prove it. But how they were trying to raise money, how they were trying to get him dollars, how they were trying to build off the family name, all of that? That the family was doing, certainly we know Hunter was doing, and we know he was doing it with Burisma, and we know he was doing it with China. So you go and you visit, you you know, you, you change the dynamic of the conversation, and you get your people all activated again, what a strong leader, and you try to avoid uh, these things. That's why it's not going to work for, for voters. It's not going to bring anybody to his side, because the real things will come back. They can keep trying to make you forget. 
But every day it's one more story. And every day it's one more thing. And every day it's one more bit of incompetence from this administration. That brings us to the top 10 Democratic presidential candidates ranked for 2024. An absolutely incredible story. I, I, I will uh, share that with you. I will share that with you. And um, I, will, uh, I will share with you why we're right. These people have gone through the five stages of grief. And they have come to acceptance. I'm Tony Katz. So an update on FEMA. Because it was odd to people that the organization the Federal Federal Emergency Management Agency, which is supposed to be there when disaster strikes, they looked at the requests from Ohio for assistance after the train derailment, and they said, nah, we're not set up to help you. You're, you're not set up? You're not set up, FEMA? Oh, okay. That's not a problem at all. Thank goodness we have this organization or something. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Now, all of a sudden, they're turning it around. FEMA will now, or if not already, is on the ground. Mike DeWine putting out a statement with Tom Sivak of FEMA. Mike DeWine is the governor of Ohio. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and Ohio EPA have been working together since day one. Tomorrow, FEMA will supplement federal efforts. What made them change their mind? Is it perhaps the amount of people just like you who started asking, what the hell is going on here? Why is no one talking about this? Why is no one helping these people? Why are you telling them that the air quality is fine, but here, sign this paper holding Norfolk Southern, the railroad, uh, uh, you know, indemnifying them, hold them harmless, and we'll give you $1,000. The CEO has shown up in East Palestine, the CEO of Norfolk Southern. His name is Alan Shaw. Some people noted, some people noted that there is a odd bit of coincidence that former President Trump, Hello. hey sir, I was just talking about you, he announced he was going to East Palestine and quite literally, was it the same day? The same day that that got announced, FEMA's like, we'll be on site. Now, you, you, you say to me, you say to me that, Tony, Tony, that's just Trump doing Trump stuff. My answer is, yeah. And he's good at it, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Biden and Buttigieg look like they're following Trump's lead. That's that's an ugly place for them to be. This is Tony Katz today.
if you want to talk about things that are perfectly Trumpian, it's Trump coming out and saying, oh, look, I may call Ron DeSantis Ron DeSanctimonious, but I absolutely will not call him Meatball Ron. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what'd you say, sir? Meatball Ron, I will not call Ron DeSanctimonious Meatball Ron. You will never hear me calling him Meatball Ron. I think it's despicable that people are calling him Meatball Ron. Who thought calling Meatball Ron was a smart thing to do? No one should say Meatball Ron. No one should bring a meatball near Meatball Ron. Don't call him Meatball Ron. All the while, of course, as you just heard, calling him Meatball Ron. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I have no idea where the hell this came from. But I'd like for it to die already. This is a thing. This is a thing. If you are calling Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, Meatball Ron, chances are you and I, we're not going to be hanging out much. It's, it's embarrassing. You're an unserious person. Unserious. And if you're a Trump lover, Trump supporter, Trump fetishist, Who's going to start calling him Meatball Ron? Understand that there's a reason people hate you. I know you don't care, but just get it through your head. Get it through your head. Also get through your head this. That I have been making an argument here on the show for two years. For two years. My argument has been, we do not need Trump. We need to learn the lessons of Trump. That does not make me anti-Trump. Sure as hell doesn't make me never Trump. I have never understood never Trump. Never Trump is a ridiculous, ridiculous position. Only fools are never Trump. But I have made the argument that we should not be the people of idol worship. This is a mistake. We should be the people of rational thought, we should be the people who learn lessons and then create more people who can go out there and do the job. You want more of something, not less. But yet I'm constantly met with these people. Only Trump can do it. Trump's the only person who can handle this. And I'm like, that's 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 crazy. That's crazy. Idol worship is ridiculous. People used to do this about Ronald Reagan. Everybody who ran for office since 1988 was compared to Ronald Reagan. And then Ronald Reagan passed away and you were compared to the ghost of Reagan. Who the hell lives up to the ghost of Ronald Reagan? Exactly. No one. It's impossible. It cannot, cannot, cannot be done. You cannot live up to the ghost of Reagan. So why in the world would we do this? It's just a mistake. It's because the political right, uh, not always bright. But just when I think they can learn a lesson, along comes President Trump to tell you no. There's no lesson to learn. There's no lesson for you to learn. As a matter of fact, to learn the lesson that Tony wants you to learn goes against everything I believe in. Hello. Be with you in a second, sir. From Trump, it states, and and, and I haven't seen the the full email. I'm only getting a, a, a screenshot here. So it's possible I'm missing something. It says, in case you missed it, there is no Trumpism without Trump. Now, 
you can argue that Trump is referring to ideas, concepts, philosophies. Or if you follow his followers who will tell you that he's the only one, he's saying that it is I who am the Alpha and the Omega here. That's the entirety of the problem. That's the entire issue. If you believe that only Trump can do this and only Trump can do that, well, then you can't vote for anybody else. You can't build upon what it is he has to teach. You can't grow candidates and grow opportunities. What the hell kind of value is that? Why would anybody want that? Why would anybody think that that's okay? That's crazy talk. You sound silly. And you certainly can't help build a party. You certainly can't help build uh, a a conversation. You can't grow anything because you're dependent solely and exclusively on one person. That's weird. And culturally, that's a fail. And we should uh, be clear that we are in a culture war. 1,000%. Now, you'll note that the left talks about this all the time. They'll talk about the culture wars and the right is in their culture wars and they're just engaged in their culture wars and everything's about their culture wars. So let's go back to Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is taking uh, hits here, there, and, and, and everywhere because, of course, he's going to run for president. Now, some people are like, I'm not so sure he's going to run for president. I'm here to tell you he's going to run for president. I could be wrong. I don't think I am. Because the people saying, well, you see, he can wait. He's got time. Uh, No. No. The moment is when the moment is, not when you think it's going to be. Chris Christie is proof of that. Well, this was a conversation over there at MSNBC. They're talking to Doug Jones, the former senator, Democrat senator from Alabama. And I want you to hear this. This is the, the, the new hotness. I mean, Senator Ron DeSantis did very well in his gubernatorial race. Uh, it raised his profile. He's enjoying a lot of pro- popularity right now. Is this maybe one of the messages that Democrats are testing? Oh, I don't think there's any question about it, Lindsay. I mean, uh, Ron DeSantis is running simply on a culture war divisive platform. You've seen it in Florida. It worked in Florida for him. But the fact is he is trying to divide people. He is, uh, is only an anti, anti-woke anti type of uh, platform. And Democrats are going to point that out. They're going to point out the fact that this country is divided and we need a unifier. We need people to start coming together. And I think everything that Mayor Adams just put it put in one tweet is something you're going to see amplified uh, should Ron DeSantis get into this race, as everyone expects. He's talking about Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, because Ron DeSantis is in New York for a, a law enforcement event. And he's like, welcome to New York, Governor, where we, we don't hate gay people and we don't divide people. The culture war comes from the political left. And if they would like to deny this, they're more than welcome to, but they can't. There is no one within the sound of my voice. There is no one within the sea to shining sea, continental United States, who could deny what I'm saying anywhere, anytime. I'm happy to take you on. 317. 
No, that I, that was a game of the local number. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the national number. 833-468-8669. I got, I got a bunch of numbers. I got a bunch of numbers. I'm getting confused. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. The culture war is on the political left. Anti-woke? Well, the problem is the wokeness. The problem is the idea of teaching students that they're oppressed or they're the oppressor. The problem is teaching kids to hate each other based on race. The problem is dividing kids based on race. The problem is your woke equity that tells kids they can't advance in math or can't advance in English because honors classes make other kids feel bad. You started this. You couldn't leave the kids alone. We, we knew you were what you were in colleges. We knew how you were going after students in colleges. We could at least choose not to go to that college. Then you said, hey, we'll go after the kids in elementary school, middle school, and high school. After all, what can the parents do about it? And then the parents fought back, and you called them domestic terrorists. You started the culture war. We came to finish it. Yes, it's a culture war. I plan on winning. You think that you think DeSantis fighting back is dividing the country? And the answer is that's exactly what they think. They believe what they are doing is noble. What they are doing is kind. What they are doing is decent. And it is you fighting back, saying no. You are the enemy. You are the dangerous one. You're the one who doesn't understand. You are the one who lacks the enlightenment. Now this goes under another category um, about uh, the the false armor of education. And I'm going to get into that. I am going to get into that. And and a a video that I, I was trying to find for my morning show and I couldn't do it. Could not do it. I couldn't couldn't find it. I found it. And I want to share it with you. And how this relates to something happening in Indiana right now. In my beloved and House Bill 1608, which is uh, a piece of legislation that says um, a a school, an employee, or a staff member of a school, or a third-party vendor used by a school to provide instruction may not provide any instruction to a student in kindergarten through third grade in which the goal or purpose of the instruction is to study, explore, or inform students about sexual orientation, gender identity, or certain other concepts. And you take a look at the legislation. It's a two-page bill. Uh, you can't teach about gender uh, fluidity, or you can't, you know, purposely put together a, a program to discuss these things. Gender fluidity, gender roles, gender stereotype, gender identity, gender expression, or sexual orientation in K through three. And the Indiana Democratic Party, in all of their pathetic pseudo intellectualism, and they, you want to talk about a pathetic group? Damn, damn. There are all they can do. Uh, the the uh, Indiana Democratic Party um, uh, stands with LGBTQ Hoosiers and other advocacy groups as they rally at the state house to protest the record number of discriminatory bills introduced by the Republican supermajority that target the LGBTQ community, including the Indiana GOP's draconian "Don't Say Gay" bill. 
There is no don't say gay bill. The Indiana Democratic Party lies. They lie every day. They lie everywhere. They lie all the time. They cannot stop themselves. They cannot help themselves. They can't do it. Nothing, by the way, in the legislation says that there can't be a conversation. It says there cannot be a uh, presentation. Something comes up. Something comes up. The real question is, why do you want to teach gender fluidity to kindergartners? What's wrong with you? And the answer is the political left, uh, they started the culture war. And now they think you're the problem for noticing. Also, you'll notice how they utilize LGBTQ. They just hijack lesbian and gay people and bisexuals. They just hijack everybody thinking that, oh, if you're one of these letters, you're totally behind us. They're not totally behind you. Plenty of gay people aren't down for this. Plenty of lesbians not down for this. But the Indiana Democratic Party doesn't care. They don't care about you as a person. You are useful only for their ideological needs and wants. And if you don't do what you're told, well, then you're not really gay. That's how horrible they are. This is how absolutely awful, embarrassing, and pathetic that they are. Why are you teaching kindergartners about uh, gender fluidness? Why, what kind of person does that? And you think my being ob- objecting to it, that's the culture war? First of all, kiss off. Secondly, all right, it's a culture war. I say let's fight. I want to fight you. Don't you get it? I think it's important. I think you got to be willing to risk your job. I think you got to be willing to risk your livelihoods. I think you got to be willing to risk it all. It's your kids. It's society. It's the future. I'm going to let these fools win. Look how they lie. Don't say gay bill. Doesn't say anything like that. They're liars. They're frauds. And of course, they're helped out by the ACLU of Indiana. I do not know why. It's the ACLU of Indiana that says they'll do anything to stop this kind of legislation. Anything? Not freaky at all. Not creepy or not a call to violence in any way. Is it? Is it? Is it? I don't know. Culture war conversations or something else. Especially when they claim you've started something that you're just trying to finish. Don't ever be afraid to finish it. I'm going to get into this false armor conversation coming up. In the meanwhile, Mark Zuckerberg is taking a page from Elon Musk. And Don Lemon, he gets another vacation day. Probably got it paid, too. He might have more in his future unpaid. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Elon Musk, I was told, was stupid. I was told he doesn't know how to run a business. I was told he's lost so much money. What a fool. Meanwhile, Mark Zuckerberg is following his lead. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. Zuckerberg now offering paid subscription service for Facebook and Instagram. And then you'll get a blue badge saying that you're verified and it's $11.99 a month on the web. And uh, then also you'll get like actual customer service. Funny. When uh, Elon Musk wants to charge $11.99 a month, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. Nobody's going to do it. I, I did it. I want to be supportive. 
And the only way I'm going to do it for Zuckerberg is if he actually allows free speech, like, for example, my page not to be throttled and just ripped apart as it has been. I don't bother with Facebook anymore. I can't reach my audience. It's, it's a giant pain in the butt. Maybe there's a way for it to be fixed. But until you see the kinds of uh, uh, movement towards enlightenment that you've seen in Twitter, where you rip up, uh, asunder those people who are only interested in the dark ages of censorship, well, you're not gonna you're not gonna get my money. You're not going to get my money. Meanwhile, Don Lemon, he's got himself another day off. Just magically. Don Lemon, he is, uh, you know, not a, not showing up for work. Don Lemon is uh, not there. Now you ask where he is. You ask what's happened to him. You ask, well, why isn't he there? And, um, well, the plan wasn't for him to stay. There was no plan for him to stay. And he has shown himself the door because he hates CNN for not recognizing how great he is. Tells, says, uh, um, you know, that Nikki Haley, Pastor Prime, creates a fight and gone he is. Now, he's not gone, gone. He hasn't been fired yet, but that will come soon. This is Tony Katz today.